Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. If you've got your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Romans, the fourth chapter. I am grateful for the opportunity to bring the word to you uh, this morning. I was laughing and joking around with Pastor Phillips on Wednesday evening and said that there's times that you go through in life as a minister where it seems like the Lord is just speaking to you nonstop. But then sometimes when you're asked to preach, it's like it just shuts down and you got nothing. You feel like that you've already said everything that there is to say about the Bible and that's it. And that's the way I felt Wednesday evening. But I was praying and meditating about this service and the Lord woke me up Friday morning and laid this uh, thought upon my mind. Amen. And I do believe that I've heard from God and that the Lord is wanting to speak something into someone's life. Amen. I don't believe in accidents when it comes to God. God doesn't operate in the realm of accidents, but everything he does is on purpose for a purpose, that he does everything with intention. And I say that to say that I believe that none of you are here by accident, but that God knew who would be here and he knew what we had need of. Amen. And he sees right where you're at this morning and he's going to encourage you. Do you believe that? Amen. Romans, the fourth chapter, verse number 17, the Bible says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. I want to read that scripture text one more time, but I want to read it in a different translation, and I believe it will help some of us to understand. The NIV writes it this way, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, 
He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in the faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Amen. Will you set your Bibles down with me? We're going to go to prayer one more time and pray that God would speak to us what he would have us hear. Mighty God, we are ever grateful for your kindness that you show towards us. We are grateful this morning for your love and mercy and compassion that we feel even now in this present moment. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak with clarity this morning into our hearing. I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to receive everything that you have for us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would anoint my lips and my mouth to deliver your word to us this morning. That you would bring clarity to my mind, understanding to my mind, and that you would help me to communicate what you are desiring to say to us this morning. In your wonderful name, Jesus, amen. You may be seated. For the next little while, I want to preach to us on this thought, fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Pressure is mounting. Resistance is felt. Opposition is encountered at every turn. In this ever-growing secular society that we abide in, the Christian is facing its greatest challenges to date. If a boxer was faced with this formidable of an opponent, one that produced this much pressure, this much opposition, and this much resistance, he would surely be knocked out. If a mountain climber was faced with this many obstacles, this many challenges, this many hurdles, truly he would retreat back to the base of the mountain. However, Christians are not limited by surrounding circumstances. We are empowered by a supernatural strength that enables us to overcome everything and everyone that contends against us. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. The world will, however, elicit a response from the believer. You and I will be called upon in the day of adversity to give a response. So I bring us to this question this morning and I ask, what will our response be? When the task seems most unlikely, how will we respond? When the odds are against us, when we feel the breath of the enemy on the back of our neck, when we see his shadow cast over us, how will we respond? Abraham was in the most unlikely of circumstances when he was given a promise from God. How could a man knocking on the door of his 100th birthday become the father of many nations? How could a man and a woman as old as Abraham and Sarah give birth to a son? 
the place he was in was not ideal. It was not the most likely environment to produce a miracle. Abraham was well aware of his age. He knew what was against him. He had insight into the particulars of his present circumstance. However, when his situation called for a response, a response is what he gave. He did not respond with fear. He did not respond with intimidation. He did not respond with doubt, but with all the things that Abraham could have responded with, we find in the story of Abraham that he chose to respond with faith. Paul reminds us of this when he writes in Romans 4 that against hope Abraham believed. Against everything in his life that said no, Abraham believed. Abraham knew his present reality, yet he did not waver in his unbelief. He remained strong and steadfast in what God had promised him how was this? How could a man knowing uh, what was going on in his life, uh, knowing where he stood at that present moment, knowing uh, everything that was against him, uh, knowing all of the no's that he was faced with, uh, how could a man in a place such as that uh, remain faithful and stand strong and steadfast in the promises of God? Uh, how could Abraham find himself standing uh, between what was and what wasn't yet still tightly hold on to his faith Paul I believe gives us the answer here in Romans 4 it was Abraham who was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised he was completely convinced that God was who he said that he was and that he could do what he said that he could do what we've got to understand this morning church is that when your faith is anchored and established in that knowledge your faith becomes unmovable when you become fully persuaded that something is a certain way you will not be convinced of the contrary you will not ever be drawn away you will stay right there in that place and I tell us this morning that this man Abraham in the most unlikely place in the most unlikely circumstances Circumstance in the most unlikely situation when everything in his life was saying it never could be and it never will be and everything is against you. It can't turn out the way that God says that it will turn out when the rain of doubt and the storms of fear beat upon this man Abraham. Paul reminds us in Romans, the fourth chapter, that it was Abraham that was fully Persuaded when there was no hope, when there was no way. Come on, when it was dark and when it was dreary and when it seemed unlikely, it was Abraham who held on to his faith. It was Abraham who held on to the anchor of his faith. It was Abraham that was fully persuaded that God is who he says that he is and that God can do what he says that he can do. That's what it's all about this morning, church. We can stand up on Sunday morning and we can sing the songs. We can open 
she prays and why Daniel did not stop praying to the one true God is because he was fully persuaded in his faith. He was persuaded that the same God that created the lions was the same God that could deliver him from the destruction. He wasn't intimidated by what stood before him because he was convinced of the power of his God. We got to understand that this decree went out in all the land. It said nobody, come on, nobody is to pray to any other God except the king. But you know what Daniel did? He did what he always did. He knelt down on his knees. He found himself in prayer and relationship and one-on-one time with his God. Even though there was a persecution in front of him, even though there were obstacles in front of him, even though there was enemies in front of him, even though that he knew destruction could come to his life for him exercising his faith, he said, I'm not worried about any of that. I'm not intimidated by any of that. He only has any concern of me because I know that the God that I kneel before in prayer is the same God that resides in heaven. And it's not God's power. Come on, let's empower me to overcome what stands in front of me. And I tell you that that's the God that I'm preaching about this morning. I'm telling you that that's the God that we feel in this house even this morning. That the God that created the lions is the one that is able to close their mouths and protect you from harm's way. Oh, but you got to be fully persuaded in your faith that God has called you to this place for such a time as this. That God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And if there's no devil in hell, they can snatch that from your hands. Except you lose your grip just for a moment. But I tell you that God is wanting you to stand up in boldness and declare his goodness and declare his excellent works and rely on him and trust in him. that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow before King Nebuchadnezzar was because they were fully persuaded in their faith that God could and would deliver them. We have these three. We refer to them as the Hebrew children, Hebrew boys in the Bible. And there was all these people, everybody, was bowing before King Nebuchadnezzar. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made it in their minds that they weren't bound before that king. That the only person that they were going to bow before was their God. And so King Nebuchadnezzar took notice of this. And the Bible tells us that he had built this fire, this fiery furnace. And he wanted to make it much hotter than what it previously was. And his plan was that he was going to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into that fiery furnace. And that was going to be the end of them disrespecting him. Oh, but there was three boys who had something in their heart. There was something that had gripped their soul previous to this moment that they found themselves in. And when everybody else bowed, they refused to bow. When everybody else went wayward, they refused to go wayward, when intimidation was there, when peer pressure was there, when societal pressure was there, they stood firm in their belief and said, I'm not bowing, I'm not cowering, I'm I'm not going backwards, I'm I'm not taking a step back, but I'm going to stay right here in what I know to be true, and what I know to be true is that my God is the God of the universe, he has no equal. 
is and that he can do what he says that he can do. We ask the question, why did the disciples of Jesus never cower down in fear? When you read the various accounts of the disciples, the apostles, and the New Testament, you find that all of their stories were littered with death threats, with physical abuse, and imprisonment. We find that they never backed down in their preaching of the gospel of Jesus. There was nothing that was ever hurled at them, thrown their way, that caused them to back down from their boldness. They caused them to back down in their courage. It was because there was something that they had felt. There was something that they had experienced. There was something that had solidified their faith in Jesus. And it was because they were fully persuaded in their faith in Jesus Christ, in their faith in God, that caused them not to cower, that caused them not to bow, to give up, to give in, to throw in the towel. Human nature lends itself to the consideration of difficulties and improbabilities when we look out across the landscape of our life and we take a survey of what it is that we have need of. When we take a survey of what it is that we need to happen and transpire, when we take a survey of all of the doors that are closed and we need just one, to open. When we take a survey of all of the storms that we have beating down upon us, our human nature lends itself to all of the difficulties and all of the improbabilities. Our human flesh wants to rise up and say, well, it can never happen for me. Come on, the drum of of doubt beats itself in our ears and we hear the beating of that drum over and over and over again well it's always been this way the outcome has always been this way well I've always gotten this diagnosis well I've always been told no well I've always been faced with a dead end and that drum will beat itself over and over and over again in our life and if we're not careful sir if we're not careful We'll find ourselves marching to that beat. That will be the rhythm to become the rhythm of our life. It will be what orders our steps and orchestrates our paths for us in our life. But what I'm telling you is that we've got to learn to throw out our consideration of the difficulties and the improbabilities. And we've got to be like this man Abraham. And there's got to be something that rises up in us that says, I know it seems unlikely. I know it's always been this way. I know everything's stacked against me. I know my back's against the wall. And I got 10,000s of enemies breathing down my neck. But what I've got is I've got a God, a loving Savior, a Creator that is on my side, that is my shield, my protector, my provider, my strong tower. He's the one that can reach down to where I'm at and pull me up and pull me out and deliver me from this chaos. It's our human nature to weigh all of the options. We consider all that can go wrong. Our humanity many times is is very cautious. Most of us are cautious by nature. It's when you stand out on a ledge and you've convinced yourself, I'm going to jump off this ledge because I've got this gigantic rubber band attached to 
he shot me back up into the air before I, I hit the ground. But how many times do people reach out and step out on that ledge and see the distance down and they take a step back in fear and say, no, 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 I'm not bungee jumping off with this thing. This isn't for me. That's a long way down. There's a lot that could go wrong. How many times has this band been stretched? When's the last time it's been checked? Is this safety harness even reliable? Can I even put my trust in this thing that they have set up? But I tell you that our life cannot be lived that way. That God's going to call us to the edge many times. And many times we're going to be peeking over. And our humanity is going to say that we need to turn back. There's going to be a pull of the flesh that says there's a lot that can go wrong. There's a pull of the flesh that can say there's a lot that can go wrong in this situation. But I'm telling you that there's an even greater pull of the spirit that says just trust me. Take that step out in faith. Step on to what you cannot see. Because you've got to understand that I'm the one that can catch you. I'm the one that can deliver you. I'm the one that can work it out. I'm the one that can turn it around for you in your life. Sometimes what happens in our caution, what happens in our worry and our fear, we begin to put our trust in everything else around us. We'll put our trust in friends. Come on, we'll put our trust in relationships. Some of us have struggles and we put our relation, our, our trust in substances and we begin to turn to everything except God because it seems so unrealistic that things can go the way that God says that they can go. But what I'm telling you is that God's calling us to abandon those things and turn to Him. To be fully persuaded that He can do for us. Come on, what doctors can't do. That He can do for us what lawyers can't do. We can make such a mess of our life. And I'm telling you that, that human hands can only do so much to sort out the chaos. But what I'm telling you is that there's a loving God in heaven this morning. That Jesus can reach down to our brokenness, to our frailty, to our fragments. And He can pick those things up and with His love and with His mercy, He can begin to mend. He can begin to put back together. He can begin to make whole again. My life can be so broken. And Pastor Phillips, I love him so much. And he's helped me out in so many ways. But at the end of the day, Pastor Phillips can only counsel me so many times. At the end of the day, Pastor Phillips can only pray for me so many times. At the end of the day, Pastor Phillips can only slip me so many $20 bills. At the end of the day, he can only pay so many life bills for me. But what I'm telling you is, and some of you can attest and witness to this this morning, that there is a God who can open a door that doesn't seem likely. That there is a God, come on, who can work everything out that human hands can't work out. That there is a God, come on, who can paint a beautiful picture out of the mess and the chaos where there's a valley of dry bones that lay all around us. God can begin to speak and call forth and bring those things back to life. Come on, where it seems like it's nothing but a
be paid. We must be fully persuaded that what we have heard is real, that what we have felt is real, and what we have experienced is real. We must be fully persuaded in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross. I tell you that I am fully persuaded this morning that his love is sufficient for you. I am fully persuaded this morning that his grace, it is sufficient for you. And I am fully persuaded that his mercy is sufficient for you. When pressure is mounting, when fear is present, when the door in your life is closing, rest assured that you will have to respond. And that response can be one of fear. That response can be one of intimidation. That response can be one that causes us to withdraw. But I tell you that God is wanting someone to stand boldly before him this morning and say that I am fully persuaded. I am fully persuaded. And my response is going to be in faith. My response is going to be in Faith. I invite you to stand this morning. For the last 13 years of my life, I've spent it in this crazy world that they call the commercial nuclear industry. We've got at least two people in here that can relate to that. But I'll never forget when I first got hired on with a job, we were going through training and some of you have seen these images. But they would show us a picture of a nuclear reactor. And they would show it with the lid off and it was covered with water and there would be this blue glow. Some of you, many of you have seen those pictures of this blue glow that was being emitted from the radiation in the water. And in my mind, I thought that those photos had been doctored. That they had been colored in hands. One time I was at Barnes and Noble, and I picked up a book, and it was showing all these pictures of the constellations and planets and pictures of Mars and all this stuff. And I was like, man, we've got some incredible cameras these days taking these pictures of billions of light years away and making the clear. It's clearer than what was on my phone. And then when you get to reading the fine print, it tells you that these photos were enhanced and doctored Yeah. 
men get dressed out in these uh, PPE and all this stuff. And we got up on the bridge and it started to begin to move. When we got over the reactor, it was way down there under the water and it was glowing. It's the most beautiful blue that I had ever seen. And it was just like the pictures. The problem was is that what I had seen in the pictures, from what I had heard them talk about, only brought me so far in the journey. But when I experienced it for myself, it solidified in my mind that they really was exactly the way they said that it was. And I tell you that that's like our faith journey, that we can hear the songs saying about it. We can hear the sermons preached about it. We can hear what the scripture says about it. And that will bring us a long ways in our faith journey. And I certainly never discount any of those things. But what I'm telling you, what will become the anchor in your soul? What will be the stake that is driven into your heart and into your spirit that's immovable? Is when you encounter God for yourself. When you have that personal experience with Him. Because nobody can ever take an experience away from you. Sometimes people can let you down what you heard. Some people may have down what you've seen. Oh, but when you feel it for yourself and you experience it for yourself, when it becomes a real present reality in your own life, it becomes immovable, unshakable. Come on, and it's there that you can hold on to on your faith or in your faith. They're going to get ready to sing this morning. I know that God's been reaching for someone. If we could close our eyes and begin to reach for God. We've got to be fully persuaded more now than ever in our faith in God. As the world around us grows darker and colder, oh, as the pressure mounts and builds to an even greater level, we've got to be more sure, more steadfast, more bounded and grounded in our faith than ever before. We've got to know with the surety that God is who He says that He is and that He can do what He says that He can do. As they get ready to sing this morning, can you reach for God? If you feel so compelled to come down front and pray at these altars, by all means, come down front and pray. Because God is wanting to pour something into your life this morning, sir. God is wanting to reach down and pull you up and pull you out of that place that you're in where doubt has so captivated and overtaken your mind. God's wanting to, to bring you out. Come on and give you a release from those things that have had you so burdened down. Mighty God, we're so grateful. We are so thankful. We worship you and we pray.